I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. I'ma get a scholarship to King's College. I probably shouldn't brag, but dag, I'm amazed and astonished. The problem is I got a lot of brains, but no polish. I gotta holler just to be heard with every word. I drop knowledge. I'm a diamond in the rough. A shiny piece of coal Trying to reach my goal My power of speech Unimpeachable Only 19 But my mind is older These New York City streets Get cold I shoulder Every burden Every disadvantage I've learned to manage Hello everyone And welcome to another episode Of Popcorn Hangover This is episode 13 I want to say I'm John I'm Anna And today We are coming With a very special episode Of a movie Kind of I mean yes I guess but like no. that's something We can talk about <laughs> yeah, uh, but today we're going to be talking about what everyone is talking about, and that is Disney Plus's release of Hamilton. I'm so excited. This has been the best day of my life. <laughs> Not the best day of my life, but it's been a really good day. I'm just so happy. Yeah, so we are recording this on July 3rd, so uh, the movie just came out uh, 12 hours ago? No, more than that, like 17 hours ago. Whatever. I don't know. It's the first day it came out. Uh, and we're watching it twice. This is, this is viewing only number one for the podcast, and then we're having, my family is going to have a little viewing party in the backyard. Yeah, but before we get into that, we we didn't really do anything this last week, so I guess we'll talk about a little bit of news, and then we'll start getting into the movie. This is a holiday weekend, so we want to get in and we want to get out. Yeah, we're trying to get this done with before the, before the holiday. I mean, I guess what's up with me, I started grad school this week, which has been... A lot of work, but it's really exciting. So that's why I'm not watching so much because a lot of my nights have been filled with homework and homework and homework. So, yeah. Yeah. I've been really busy at work and for the past few weeks, it's been like, oh, I really haven't been watching anything. But this week I kind of sat down and made a list of stuff that I'm going to watch now. Oh, that's nice. So I kind of got my ducks in a row, mainly like I saw the trailer for The Boys Season 2 came out like a week ago. I haven't watched it yet. I'm so excited. Well, so I'm going to go back and rewatch the, the last season because also, too, that video of the plane episode came on my timeline and I was like, I can't look away, but I also don't want to watch it. There's honestly been fewer. I really think if you're not squeamish to very graphic things, it's a very good. And if you like superhero things like John and I do, it's really cool concept. But there are... It's so graphic. Yes, it's so graphic, though. But it's, there's very, there's not many things, like, on TV that shock me utterly, like, and, and just make me think about it for days, and that episode was one of the most, Oh. it, it just stuck with me so much for a couple days, I couldn't stop thinking about it. So it's a really good piece of TV. Yeah, but beyond that, uh, a trailer came out today for, or not today, earlier this week for a new Shia LaBeouf movie where he is like a mafia enforcer. It's called The Tax Collector. It looks really good. In terms of like news news, I guess I shifted this into news. Uh, movie theaters aren't opening up anytime soon. They keep getting delayed like a couple weeks here, a couple weeks there, but it kind of looks like we're going to be watching movies from home for a while longer, but yeah. that's okay. Cause There's still new things being released every There's day. There's a lot so of streaming nice. stuff yeah. coming out. Apparently the new there's a new movie on Netflix with Will Ferrell like that Eurovision thing. Okay. Apparently it's not that bad. Okay, Kennedy, my friend Kennedy, I don't think she listens to this, but she told me she asked if we watched and I was like, no, it looks kinda dumb. She said, actually the songs are really catchy and then That's what she I've heard. was like, It's not bad, but it's kinda cheesy, but she said she teared up during the last song. Oh no. I was like, What? 
and I cry at everything, so I'm wondering if I would cry. Have you heard, like, do you know what Eurovision is? No. So it's this intra-country, like, singing contest, mm-hmm. and it's it's by different nations, but a ton of things that are really big memes on the internet have come from that. So, you know, like, the meme of that guy who's, like, playing the saxophone shirtless, like, on a stage? Yes. That came from Eurovision. Got like, it. a ton of, it's a really influential thing, and it's, it's like a, a big re- talent show. Yeah, it's like American Idol, but if a it, one day only kind of thing. Yeah, and if it spanned if it spanned a bunch of different countries, and it's it's cool. I that is cool. I kind of want to check it out the rest of the weekend because, I mean, there's time to do it. Kind of, not really. Anyway, let's uh let's move forward. We're moving forward. Uh, so as we said, the movie we are doing is Hamilton today, a film performance of a of its first initial run in 2016 with the original cast. I think the main reason we chose to do this was because it was obviously newly released and it was very anticipated release and it's really big thing for Disney Plus. Yeah, I think it's, it's been their one of their biggest if not their biggest to date release on there besides the Mandalorian. Well, and that's been the question for a lot of people is Disney has all of this IP that they can release but having a lot of stuff doesn't mean it's good. So people have been wondering, like, what is Disney going to put out that's going to draw people in and get new subscriptions beyond Star Wars shows? And like, you know, they kind of want to diversify. This is a different class of people. It's a different, it's a completely different audience. And it would be cool if they continued. And there are other musicals that are filmed. Like they have the Shrek musical on Netflix and you can watch that. Do they really? Yeah. My sister. I didn't know that. My my niece and nephew like that better than the actual movie. Um, Hmm. But... I think that is something that they could do. Like, they could film The Lion King, Aladdin, like, those yeah. those Broadway musicals and put them on there. I think it would be really successful. Although I do... There's a part of me that doesn't want that to happen because I think that going to see a musical in person is, is a, it, it, it's yeah. this experience that you can't get. But I guess this is better than just remaking the musical into a movie because that's not the point of some musicals. Like, I don't know if Hamilton could be a movie. Well, so what I was going to say is that before we do, like, the synopsis and everything, um, my initial thought is that I'm someone I never got to see this in. I mean, obviously, neither of us saw it in the original run with the original cast Mm -hmm. because it was impossible and we don't live in New York. But... Even, like, I didn't even get to see it in Chicago with any of its Chicago cast because of scheduling, and I just never had the chance to see it. But I feel that, for me, this was, like, as the next best thing, I really yeah. I really like that they had this, and I agree. I don't think it would make... I don't think you can make, like, a period piece about Alexander Hamilton. And that's Hamilton. the point of yeah. this musical anyway. Yeah. Um, but before you go into the synopsis, I just kind of talk about, to like, our... As part of the why, kind of, like, our pre position to Hamilton, I guess. Like our existing knowledge. So I'm obsessed with Hamilton. I've, I listen to, I know every single word. I listen to the soundtrack on every road trip, like long trip I go on because I'm usually driving alone. Like when I was in college, I'd be driving alone to and from school or to, to see John. And it's three hours long basically. And so I would just listen to the whole soundtrack. And what's great about this musical is you know what happens if you listen to the soundtrack because they don't ever talk. They just sing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really love this musical. It's really dear to my heart. I wrote a paper on it. Um, but then John doesn't have much. I made him listen to it and you did like it. But Yeah, you made me listen to it once and I liked it, but I was kind of I kind of took the position of it's good, but I don't get it that much because there are songs that flip between people. 
so much and even though they all have supremely talented voices and the soundtrack is the original run some of them sound too similar to each other so Mm -hmm. i needed like that visual stimulation to be like this person is talking or singing and not this person because they're they're and i'm horrible with names i'm i'm not going to be able to remember many people's names when we talk about it but there are several characters that have songs together where it'd be like I didn't know different people were talking. No, it is hard. I mean, when I first started listening to it, I thought there were songs that I thought it was Leslie Odom singing, yeah. but it was Christopher Jackson, and so I was kept confusing in my mind when Burr was singing and um, yeah. and Washington. So I I completely agree with that. I think that also comes from being someone that I literally used to listen to this so- this soundtrack almost every day for a four month period, and then. I go into like phases where there's there's times I don't listen to it at all for a while, and then there's times I just get back into it and I can't stop thinking about it, so I listen to it all. Time. Yeah, but anyway, going into this, I had heard it once. I knew the general story, but I was excited to see it. But I wasn't like I didn't have a timer on my phone <laughs> saying seventeen days, thirty two hour or no thirty. I know people. My mom told me about like our family friends that literally stayed up and watched it at midnight when it came out. Interesting. That's crazy. I mean, and there are things there are things that I would do that for. Yeah, it's like a minute. Yeah, minute. it's it's a thing. But going into it, Anna knew a lot. I didn't know that much. That's all you really need to know. It's moving on to the facts. Yes. All right. So let's look at the facts for Hamilton before we talk. Everyone knows that it's a recording of the original run in 2016. Something I found that was interesting is, and we thought about this when we were watching, is, like, did they take footage from multiple viewings? And they actually took footage from three separate shows and spliced it together. So maybe there was a song that was better in one of them. You know, who knows? It's artistic choice. The Hamilton movie is a 2020 release straight to Disney+. Plus. It was originally supposed to come to theaters in October of 2021, but it was moved up because the production was done in May of this year, and they wanted to release it because of COVID-19 not having that much content. And Lin-Manuel said that they they wanted to remind people of the impact that live theater has on people's lives, so they didn't want to wait because they don't know when Broadway's going to be back open. I think this couldn't have come at a better time, especially with everything that's going on in our country. And I think... With race. I think by, like, my view, too, is that if this came out once everything was kind of back to normal someone might choose to go see it in a theater instead of going to see it live. So it probably works out that they released it at a time where you can't see it in a theater. Yeah. Uh, Disney paid $75 million for the rights to this movie. The production budget of the actual recordings itself was $12.5 million. And like I said, it's edited together from three performances of its original run. The only cast member who had left the production at that point was King George, who was played by... Jonathan Groff. Jonathan Groff. He had left the production two months before they filmed it, but came back just for these three performances because he's, like, the definitive performer of King George. Like we said, we're recording this the day it came out, so Rotten Tomatoes might change by the time the episode releases, but as of right now, it has a 100% critic score and a 95% audience score. Both of them have about 100 ratings at this point, so... I don't think they're going to go down that much. Not much. But, you know, someone, there's always that one critic who's like, this isn't good for the sake of being the one critic that tanks the 100. So, long story short, it's good. That's, like, it's good and it's 
just a filmed version of Hamilton. Yeah. There's no, there's not really any artistic liberties taken aside from the fact, I'm sure we'll talk about, that they use some different camera angles that might alter the experience. That's the only thing I've read from people saying why they don't like it. Yeah, but I mean, but I completely understand that because I kind of said that too, that this isn't a full view of what Hamilton is because what's great of live theater, you can see everything that's going on. Yeah. Saying, you can focus on so many different aspects. And so I do, while I agree with that, that there are things that you don't get, you don't see that much of, or you can't get the full view of everything. Mm-hmm. I do think it's so, it's a great way to experience it because when you're in the theater, it's hard to see them. If you're not in the first yeah. couple rows, which you're usually not when I went to go see Hamilton, you know, you're just, you're just in this experience and you're far away. And so it's hard to see them. So it was so great to be able to see their facial expressions yeah. and see their acting so much closer than usual. Well, and I think for a lot of people, this is going to do something similar to what it's doing for me is you're not going to watch this and say, okay, I've seen Hamilton. I get it. You're going to see this and say, okay, I want to go see that in person Yeah. because you can get the parts that you don't get from the movie, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that in that respect, this is a very good thing to supplement either that, like you said, you've seen it in the theater and then you can, you can see the stuff you missed or you can fill it in the other way. So they leave, they leave gaps on both sides Yeah, and it's just kind of how the experience works out. Yeah. I was unsure of how I was going to, I mean, I knew it was, I was going to love it because it's Hamilton, but I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about the camera angles and everything. And I really thought they did a good job of capturing what they did and giving you more that you didn't didn't see yeah and i think i guess i have a question off the top okay i know they're completely different because of how you consume them but like do you prefer this to the soundtrack or do you i know it's hard because they're yes i do because when it's like i think i said this during the film you feel you can hear their emotions more and like especially with the comedy and also when they are very emotional like crying Mm -hmm you hear that more because obviously when they record it, it's a, it's a recording in a studio. Yeah. They're not acting. So you hear, it's like you hear the acting and you hear yeah. that kind of thing come through. So I do like that. And obviously there's not many things that sound much different from the soundtrack besides inflection, yelling, crying, and like those and, kind of and things. And they censor a couple of things. Yeah. Which Actually, I want to talk about that. I understand that. that now. So I want to talk about that. It To my knowledge is there are three... Uh, F-bombs in the in the actual show. Yeah, and there's, like, five... There's, like, if you also include, there's a couple more, like, fuck, like, yeah. or... Yeah. So, but there's three of that. Um, the movie rate... The it's MSRB, or I forget who rates, but for movie ratings, you can only have one, and when you go over that, you're automatically R. It doesn't matter... You could be like Sesame Street, but so, if, you, yeah. if you have more than one, so they only kept one in the show and the other two they kind of muted for one and they did like a sound effect they did like yeah. a large bang some people i guess were mad about it well, online when you first but told me about that i was mad about it because i was like well, i don't get it but like, you don't notice so and that's why i was saying I, was like, I don't get it. it's they don't say it it's not like vulgar number one number two 
if people are say about kids, kids listen to the soundtrack anyway. Kids are obsessed with the soundtrack. It doesn't really matter. I watched Rent all the time when I was a kid, and I didn't understand this shit. And, but I understand now, I didn't even think about the radar. I think because I'm like, it's a play. You know, I didn't yeah. think about it Well, like and that. that's that's the thing. When I was doing the bit of research, it said, oh, this movie is PG-13. And I don't even think about movie ratings when things are on streaming. Yeah. I'm like, because technically a kid shouldn't have a Disney Plus account and be able to see it. But like, this wouldn't be on the kids version of Disney like, or Netflix. Do they have a kids version of Disney Plus? I don't Plus? know. They must. I don't know. But I thought that was interesting that there is like a degree of censorship, but it I mean, you don't notice, and if you're if you're really missing those, you can listen to the soundtrack. So why don't we? So now we kind of talked about you know just our main initial thoughts, I guess, about the production and filming of this and what went into that. Uh, we're going to talk about the film in detail, but we're not. Obviously, this is a Broadway musical, and Broadway musicals are three plus hours sometimes. Yeah, and so we're not going to go through the entire plot. I feel very strongly that this is you don't have to pay for this and it's an amazing th- piece of work that everyone should watch i think i'll just start with you know maybe the main set of plot that goes through i mean obviously it's about alexander hamilton's life and then it also looks at alexander hamilton in and his remote rela- and the biggest part is alexander hamilton and his relationship with aaron burr and the differences and likenesses that they have with each other mm-hmm. and he's actually the narrator throughout the film it also includes many other founding fathers we all know and it goes from the time that alexander hamilton arrives in new york and the goes through the revolution the starting of this country up until his death the other thing you should know is that lin-manuel miranda wrote this to be historically accurate there are some liberties they take with character but it is based in fact and based in history but the mostly what he focuses on the most is the characters and what their morals are, their ambitions, their goals, all of those kinds of things. And that is what the biggest, you know, driver for this film is about character. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can just talk about our favorite. I think it'd be good to talk about our favorite song since everything's a song. So and then we kind of talk uh, about. Problem is, I don't know any of the names of the songs. Well, you can just describe it and then I can say what song it was. I mean. I had three songs that were my favorite. Okay. They're so, all they're all by the same character. Okay. Who? They're all King George. <laughs> like that that that's the best character in this show. The, the hands down. He, I love that. His first one. Position. Sorry his his first song is the best. I mean it's pretty much the same song three yeah. times like different. Yeah. But his first one's the best because it's like three minutes long and it's. What's the, I don't want to change the subject, you're my favorite subject. Like, he just has all these great... My sweet, submissive subjects. And he's like, what is he, he's, he's going to show how much he loves you. I'll and send he's a gonna... fully armed battalion to remind you of my love. Yes. I'll kill your friends and family. And, and like, I mean, I'm someone, I, I liked all of the songs. There were a couple that kind of fell flat, but it's not on the movie. It's the songs themselves mm-hmm. where there's, like, a lull that it hits, but... Anytime he was on stage, I was, like, staring at him and just, like, this, his facial expressions, his, he spat a lot. Yeah. It was weird. Everything about him, I was like, this guy's the best character in the show. I could, I'd go, Lin-Manuel Miranda should just write a King George <laughs> musical because I'd be, I'd be infatuated with it. No, I love, it's funny because listening to the soundtrack, I always like those songs. I think they're funny, but it, it made me like it 
him even more seeing it in person when I first saw it. And yeah. I was telling John there was a few differences that the Chicago one, um, the man who played King George in the Chicago run, he did a little bit more dancing and like mm-hmm. movement. And at one point near the end of the musical, when the Reynolds pamphlet comes up, and they're talking about like how he's never like you're never gonna be president out never gonna. he goes over in the movie he goes over and he just like like just like he, he like dismisses him basically but and like kind of dances in the one he like on shimmies Chica- he yeah, like he shimmies, shimmies in the movie in the one in, Chica- on Chica- in Chicago he twerks on Hamilton in case he's like you never gonna be president out. and I laughed so hard I was dying it was so funny and that's not to say I don't like other songs in the movie mm-hmm. but. You're at, if you're asking me, like, what sticks out immediately, I'm like, that. Yeah. that That is the first thing I'll think of. The second thing I'll think of is the spinning floor, because that was so yeah, cool, with this... the concentric circles. And the way they used it on set to tell stories was really great. And it made, what it did, too, it made the set transition so seamless. Yeah, it's, you can tell that a ton of, a ton of, like, theater tech work went into this show beyond just the songs, because... Mm-hmm. Obviously, the songs are good, and that's what it's known for, but... Well, yes, but also other things go... I mean, but but most people, uh, like, obsess over the Hamilton soundtrack, but without these other little things, I don't think it's as yeah. big. Not not to say that it's not big, but it doesn't become the... The, the game pheno- changer The phenomenon yeah, that phenomenon, it is, yeah. really. I mean, the whole thing with Hamilton that's amazing is it's just it's common and my other favorite theme about there's so many themes in this movie and that's what I think is so great because when you watch it I don't think it's enough to just watch it once or to listen to the soundtrack once you if you continually listen to it you pick up on so many things that they're trying to say this movie says so much and says so much to so many different people you know they're talking it's a I mean its biggest commentary is on race and showing that America in the past and present and future looks like this. We all, like, we're going through the same things that they were going through in the revolution. The same problems of tensions and, you know, especially at this time with everything going on with, the like, George Floyd and all the protests, like, and also even our political, you know, the climate that we're in and the, and the election that's coming up, it's the same thing. Like, we are seeing these... And that's what he tried to do is make a connection and show that the founding fathers aren't so far away and aren't just some old white guys that just wrote a lot and that they had the same struggles we go through. And then it's also this commentary on Broadway and saying that, you know, people of color can be at the forefront, can be casted as founding fathers and be comfortable in that. And showing that it doesn't, you can tell history, like... History doesn't need to be told in a way that's, I don't know what the word is, but like you don't have, you, telling history can be different than having a white person play a white person. It can, you know, you can still learn yeah. about it and it's all about, you know, what, how do we tell history and how do we, how do we learn about it? So mm-hmm. I could go on and on. I could talk so much about this movie and all the things I love about it. Uh, but on the surface, I would say... My fate, some of my favorite songs and scenes in that, in the, I mean, obviously like my shot and 
Mm-hmm. The beginning is really great, but I love Satisfied. I think that was a really cool choreography mm-hmm. of going back in time and her thoughts. Yeah, I was going to say that that, and like you were saying how they use the circles, like mm-hmm. they most of the movie you won't be able to see, but they spin the circles clockwise, but in that they spin it counterclockwise and all the cast moves to go back in time, like you're rewinding a clock, mm-hmm. but I agree that that one, and you had said at the start, you're like, I hope they they zoom, zoom out. out. Yeah. And don't do like a tight shot for that song. And I'm glad they did because you can kind of take everything in. Yeah. Because I agree that that was a really cool like song choreography blocking combo. It was Mm -hmm. really cool. And she is just um, Renee Goldsberry. I'm sorry. I may be saying her name incorrectly, but she is so talented. And I just feel like Angelica, it's very like something that I resonate with, like, a lot. I just felt like her, like, what what motivates her mm-hmm. and what she feels. But I also feel like I'm always, I also feel like things for Eliza and, like, how she feels about just being, being, ever, like, isn't this good enough? Why can't we just be, oh, happy and just, why do we have to keep moving towards a legacy? Just be happy which in is, the now. Which is crazy. So this is going to break from the movie a bit, but we looked up, because yes. Eliza outlived Alexander by 50, another fifty years. Fifty years. She she lived the age of ninety seven, which is insane for that time the period. Seven, the eighteen hundreds. She she died in the mid eighteen hundreds, so like she didn't care that much about legacy in the way that Alexander did. But then she is the main reason that we know anything about him. I mean, yes, it's his writings, but. But she, she's the reason who she, gave those writings. She, she pushed Congress. Congress was telling her they didn't want them in the, uh, whatever it's called, the Library of Congress. Yeah. Like, she had all of this stuff and was begging the government to buy it from her. Yeah. Because I guess they, she couldn't, like, give it or whatever. But all of this stuff was about legacy. Like, she was one of the primary reasons the Washington Monument got built. Like, all this stuff. And she's the one who doesn't care about it, which is wild i think that his death though changed that for her and they don't go into it in the show but i think that's what's another thing that i when i first i think that when you first listen to hamilton the it's like you had these layers of what you think about i think the first time is like all these things you didn't know about alexander hamilton and how you just think he's like in the past like before this i feel like people were just like oh he's just a founding father like he's on the ten dollar bill and he helped establish the federal the, reserve the bank and like we're like okay and they were going to get rid of him on the ten dollar bill and put um was it harriet, harriet tubman? tubman yeah harriet tubman um but because of this reception of hamilton they decided not to and they're going to talk about who else they're going to change but i don't know they haven't made a decision on that i mean yet. there's a ton of options yeah. can you imagine this just sidetrack can you imagine being so influential that your face is on money? <laughs> yes. And also what's crazy is like we know so many things about Abe Lincoln. We know so many things about Ben Franklin. We know so many things about Washington. Washington. We know things about people on every single bill. I mean that's what they say is like every single founding father's story gets told. And Alexander and I just think, like, the first time I listened to this, I was mind-blown by the things he did. Like, the writings. Like, he wrote so much. And I think the biggest thing that was crazy was, like, when they talk about the Federalist Papers. And then they say that he wrote 51 essays defending the U.S. Constitution. I mean, and that's... It just makes you... If you really think about it, so that ended up being a positive thing. Yeah. But... 
he's basically the first anonymous internet troll. <laughs> yeah, he He was. just made a bunch... Him and, and the he other, started that newspaper. Him and, and, the, just, him and <laughs> the other people that wrote the Federalist Papers just made a bunch of burner accounts and wrote all these... Well, he said multiple times, like, I'll write under a pseudonym. You'll see what I could do to him. Like, because he wants to, like, he's like, that's, like, what trolling was. Like, you'd write under Dude, a pseudonym and be like, you suck. He was the original. <laughs> and outwit people. He was the original internet commenter. Yeah. I before just the internet. I think it, it also was such a great thing that it came out July 3rd. Right before 4th of July. America. America. Yeah. But, okay, I, and I'm not saying I think America's, a, I, I don't believe that. I think that there's a lot of times, like, we get into pro- troubles in this country because we think we're so great and we're not the best nation on this earth. But I think that's like, that's a no whole... I think it's a topical time for yes. the movie to come out. It's topical because it is, number one, the history and you learn this history. And it just makes me feel so grateful for these people that, you know, built, that they they fought and they built this nation. And they felt so strongly about this. They were willing. I mean, Alexander Hamilton didn't, was so loyal to this country that he like sometimes dismissed his family and didn't he's like no i have to yeah i i need to work he for was this. he was real committed i mean this but, is this is a weird analogy the the founding fathers the people part of the first few presidential administrations mm-hmm. they were like the founders of a tech startup no no no, no this is gonna sound stupid yes this you're is gonna sound really stupid the greatness no 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 <laughs> i'm not but how there's like all these people like when people, I don't want to equate the founding fathers to like Mark Zuckerberg, but people who obsess over building something and they like everything else spirals out of control. Yeah. It's the same people. Th- this stuff exists in modern days. It's just, they're not founding yeah. countries. Yeah. I mean, it's just, the, that's the a weird things, analogy. The but... things they did, they built this country and like our constitution, and the whole thing is like the constitution, the banks, like he, they have built systems that have been f- for hundreds of years that are still in place. And are the reason, like, we operate... I mean, there are obviously faults, and there are things that need to be changed, but it, they built a foundation, and yeah, that was I mean, what was so he, beautiful about it. They don't talk about it that much. They, they There's a throwaway line about how he doesn't get the credit for giving... All the credit. For all the credit he gave us. Yeah. Like, he... I believe he was the person who... He made us... He, he created the system of the U.S. issuing bonds. Successful, yeah. I mean, he set up the U.S. for financial success, and... Obviously, there were things he did. I, I do like in this film, obviously, Hamilton is the main character. Hamilton's the hero. But they show his faults politically and personally very well because you, I mean, there are times like, you know, all the things that La, um, not Lafayette, um, Thomas Jefferson says to him, obviously, we agree with some of the things, but it, I think it just shows a good, a good way of showing politics, I guess, both sides. The other thing I want to say is why it's so good it's coming out now is because Yes, Founding Fathers, America, great. But it also, like I said earlier, it just shows this, what America is now. And, you know, the how we're a land of immigrants, we're a land, you know, we're a diverse people. And the struggles that those people go through. And Yeah, which I guess now would be the time to talk about it. Sort of like the, like the criticism, the one of the big criticisms of this and I'm yes. gl- and why I'm glad this is coming out mm-hmm. is that Lin-Manuel and his co-writers make a lot of commentary on on class and on like on race, on wealth distribution on a lot of different fronts but the the criticism this production got when it was in its run on Broadway and off Broadway and everywhere that it went is that you're making all these comments about how 
it's not just the rich that matter, but yet the only people that really can see this are people of wealth and affluence yes. because tickets are so expensive and, and it's so mostly in- white people going to see it. Yeah. So that was like such a big thing. Yeah, and and why I'm glad this exists is because Disney Plus is five ninety nine a month, and granted, not everyone has Disney Plus, and that even that might not be within people's financial means, but it gives a chance to expose this more to the audience that he's trying to say, look, we're here. You we, can make a difference. Yeah, yeah. Is that that this this country is supposed to be for everybody? Yeah. If it is an execution, is not, but that is something that I felt we had to talk about. Yeah, and they did, I mean, they did respond to that by, number one, they had the lottery. That is, like, mm-hmm. a big thing that, you you know, you can win two tickets per day. And they also started to, in, in New York at least, they would have a block of tickets that they would not allow to go over a certain amount, and they would open it up to people, like, the day of. Yeah. And so it just, they tr- so they tried to get more, a, a more diverse audience, a more, you know, an audience that wasn't, and that's a problem... I think this, it was a commentary at Broadway too. I mean, this, this, this film was a commentary on so many things in this world and in America. And I just think it was done in the most, so much class. It was just laid it out there in a great way. And I, I guess the other thing before we get back on track is that there also is a critique of Wall Street in here about Mm -hmm. how Hamilton was beloved by Wall Street and like the normal people didn't associate with him and other characters do make pretty large jabs that like we don't need to cater just to these large banks but what's funny and we talked about watching this is that those same banks are a lot of the financial drivers behind broadway yeah which is a problem at the same time i mean but it like you said before it shows how things change but also stay the same yes yes i think it's yeah it's just a great commentary um to get back, my other favorite, actually, I think it, it is my favorite song in this film, is Wait For It by Aaron Burr, a.k.a. Leslie Odom Jr. And number one, he is one of my favorite people on Broadway. I also think Aaron Burr is one of my favorite characters. I just think he is so interesting and in what motivates him and how his character changes throughout the film. And I just love the their different like you their differences of Hamilton goes for what he wants he just goes and he gets it he has no regret mm-hmm. and no restraint and sometimes that gets him in trouble but also it gets him to where he wants to be but then Burr just wants to sit back and wait and he doesn't want he wants to keep everything close to his chest so people don't have ammunition so that he can change his mind so that he doesn't yeah have to, which in turn it, I think it starts off he he it has a good intention. But in turn, it makes him seem he's not loyal. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he he'll do anything to get to where he wants well, in a bad way. Though. And that this was something I said when we were watching the movie too is that if you think about it, and obviously don't even though this is fairly historically accurate, mm-hmm. don't take the play like at face value. No, they make him look way yeah. Aaron better. Aaron bleh, Aaron Burr gets a great characterization. So, so like if if you do. If you do like the story, like, go read a book. Like, go read the Alexander Hamilton book from 2004 that apparently is confusing. But my, my point about Burr is he really, and I was thinking, like, he is a prototype for what we, what, when you think of a politician, you think of someone who 
yes, we do have people that are very, very right or very left, but a lot of times they're the middleman. They're the, they're the, well, you know, I believe this today, but tomorrow I don't believe this. It's the same thing that like Abe Lincoln, there are stump speeches he gave where he supported slavery, but then he abolished it. And Aaron Burr in this is so, he's so wishy-washy. He flips political parties yes, at one point. To get to, just get to, to win the an room ele- where it happens, yeah. yeah. Just, to, just to win an election. And I think that we still see that today. And yeah. people might not switch parties, but, you know, people aren't going to commit. That's the name of the game in politics. Don't commit to anything. Yes. And, yeah, I mean, that's what I, I do like that you brought that up. I just think that, that Lin-Manuel Miranda's very, like, his biggest thing in this was focusing on character mm-hmm. rather than and history was very important but i do think it took a back seat and it was also about like the the, the line that it continues to be repeated throughout this film is who lives who dies who tells your story mm-hmm. and i love that whole notion of, tr- of of thinking about that of how how will our how will you be seen are you wor- are you being worried about your legacy and in the end hamilton has the line what's a legacy it's a it's a song without. It's a song you're singing that you never that you never. It's a song you write that you never get to sing. That you're. It yeah. sees that you plant that you never get to see grow. Yeah. And I don't. I don't remember the exact line, but he says that he helped the opening notes of the symphony of the country or something. It. I can't remember yeah. the exact line, but it's something along that path. And so. And what I like is this. It's this throughout this film, they're talking about what is that? Is that important? you know, why is that important and how history gets told is different from, you know, they don't tell the story of the people themselves and who they were and what they're, what they loved, what they cared about. And that is, I think his whole thing with Eliza, his wife, is that they are constantly having these, these discussions of whether like she wants it to just be in the moment. It doesn't matter. Whereas he does everything for his legacy. He wants to build something that's good. I want to build something that's going to outlive me. And she's like, wouldn't it just be enough? Mm-hmm. When you, nothing is enough. It all goes in a circle. Cause then it's like, he'll never be satisfied. He's never satisfied. I just want to say to kind of, I don't know, something about seeing Lin-Manuel talk about being satisfied and like the expression he had on his face. I got this creepy <laughs> vibe out of him. At, like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. I don't know where to put this in. I I think Lin Manuel Miranda is a genius. I I think Musical that genius. I think that the work that he's done with writing and how involved he is on both Broadway and Hollywood is really really something to be said. And he has he has his hand in stuff that you did not know he had his hand in. However, he in this looks so like greasy. Like certain things he said, and it's nothing against him. He just, he just. They're looks... sweating. They're wearing so much, and they're moving so much on. Like, and they have to. I sing. know. I know. I know. That sometimes when he says stuff like certain lines, yeah, it, it's of no fault of his own, but it's like weird. I don't like that I'm seeing it well, coming out of his mouth. I think that's a good point. Is that you had said this, and I was like, I'll believe it when I see it. I don't think Lin Manuel Miranda is not an actor. No, he is a writer. He's a writer a songwriter, I mean, a creator, but I don't think that he is as great of an actor as he is those things. Um, I, I don't know why he chose to be. I mean, I think he just really wanted to be a part of this musical. Well, and I, I think that... And his voice is so... Um, nasally. Oh, you don't like it. But I think, to this thing, his voice was very... Not iconic, but it was just... 
it was kind of like they you knew it was him and so well, it was like his voice I, was I very think, big for it i think that for the original run and i like the thing is lin-manuel is a nasally performer yeah, that's not a, no. that's not a criticism it's just it's his singing style but I, I think he wrote it for his singing I, style and that's why so he that's what i was it, gonna yeah. say is that when with the original run i don't think that you could have had someone else perform it even if he's not the best because when if you read the lyrics or if someone else performs this you're like this is a very lin-manuel thing it's got a lot of rap integrated into it he has a very particular style of writing performances yes and i think that you do need him to do it yeah before someone else can come in like you had said miguel cervantes in chicago is supposed to be like incredible yeah well you told me before you're like i've read that apparently they say he's better than yeah um and i do agree like i i actually did think that me seeing miguel cervantes he was better than lin-manuel miranda so my my thing that i just want to finish up is like sometimes you do need the person it was intended for to do it first so someone else can come in and say okay that's good i'm gonna put a spin on it because the way that subsequent performers do it it's not lin-manuel's like vision anymore it's some artistic liberty and that's what's great about i think musicals and plays in general just like being on a stage is that the director has so much liberty as to how they want to portray certain characters and like what kind of things they do although the chicago one like the everyone's dressed the same they have the same kind of things that are going on but they do take some kind of character yeah like like you said that king george has different movements and yeah and then miguel cervantes when he says like i think he was a lot less serious than i mean there were like comedic areas where he wasn't serious but miguel kind of took more liberty with the comedic areas because the part where there is like I was called for the Constitutional Convention and then he literally goes like he does a little well, girl scream and I think I think part of that goes down to the fact also is that Lin-Manuel's not really an actor I know that he's performed in other stuff like he was in In the Heights wasn't he? I don't know I, know he, I, I don't know he, enough about In the I, Heights I know he made it but you know when I I'm, I'm very glad that the version on Disney Plus is the original run and because i think the other people that are in it are iconic like david yeah. diggs and, and Leslie i think Odin Jr. i think that lin-manuel was really good mm-hmm. but i don't i wasn't captivated by his performance i was i was captivated by other people in this mm-hmm. saying like and i'm not i'm not a big musical person i don't i don't dislike them it's just not my preferred it's not my preferred form of entertainment yeah but you know Leslie Odom was incredible. I mean, he's fantastic. And I, do, and I think like Philippa So was who, um, who is um, Eliza was fantastic. I, I think I think she was great. I think sorry, I don't know names. I'm just gonna say character names. Yeah. I think the guy that was Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson. David Diggs. David Diggs was great. And he I was think, picked specially for that because of his rapping style, yeah, which I, I love I, the it, way it, his it, voice sounds. Yeah. Um, the guy that did George Washington. I thought he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I said King George earlier. Yeah, he's uh, Christopher Jackson. Is his yeah. Name. Um, I'm trying to think else. The guy that was, the guy that played his son, Philip, and yeah. whomever. Lawrence. But, yeah. I thought he was pretty good. Um, but he, the back half, he doesn't get much. No. You know, he doesn't he'll get he'll be the main burn. character in, in The Heights. I'm trying to think of who else really stood out. Like, the, the ensemble was good. I think a lot. That one guy was like, uh, I needed him off the the he, guy. He made weird like the the guy, the guy that, that plays General Lee. He made weird faces. 
I, he, he was on stage so much, and I was like, I don't need to see you. And nothing against him, because he was good, mm-hmm. but it, he was just the focal point too much. <laughs> of the ensemble, yes. He was like yeah. the main ensemble person. But, uh I don't think I don't think I have any more individual performers, but the um, the ensemble cast with how they would use them for set transitions and for things like the bullet. Anytime mm-hmm. there was a duel, uh, you know that stuff was really really cool. And yeah. you don't even see it thinking I'm looking at a person because they're like part of the environment. It's it's really cool how they do that. And I was kind of curious with it being a recording mm-hmm. because a lot of times like, and granted I know how the show is supposed to look now more a lot of times like they'll dim the lights and it's person in a black shirt like moving stuff around but this time they're all in white like they don't hide them it's interesting yeah i think the other part i want to talk about too is i remember when my sister first i mean my sister first listened to this in the car i made a lot of people listen to this in the car and i just watched their reactions and when she was listening to it and the part happens when he cheated but then when the Reynolds pamphlet comes out it's like like my mouth I remember the first time hearing this I'm like what the hell mm-hmm. like it's crazy to me that he wrote his own tabloid basically he like wrote yeah. his own death because he thought if he wrote his way out and it's just so like how awful that was to Eliza and like she had to find out that I mean I don't know it seems like that's how she found out it seems that way but it goes back to the fact is that like don't take it at well, face I know. value. I don't care. Yeah. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the, this musical, what yeah. ha- that story. I don't care about that. Like, th- that's the place they take the most liberty with is her relationship, is his relationship with Eliza and mm-hmm. Angelica, which I'm fine with. I think it adds to the story. But, which that's one of my other favorite performances is Burn. He wrote, like, for her song, she has such great imagery, like, yes. yeah, you built me palaces out of paragraphs, you built cathedrals. If, and then she also says at one point, like, if I, kind of a fraction of your mind, like, all these things. Like, mm-hmm. the weight, the imagery in her music is so good. And, like, I think about that song all the time. It, like, comes in my head. And and then at the end, like, I cry every time when I'm... I don't cry every time I'm listening, but when I'm... Sometimes when I'm sad, I'll turn on It's Quiet Uptown. Mm-hmm. Because when they're walking and, yeah, for, like, the forgiveness. Like, I don't cry when Philip dies, necessarily. But I just think that performance and, like the story behind it and what they're saying about forgiveness and like love and true love Mm -hmm. and like being there for someone is just so beautiful i just cry every time when he she like look she starts singing to him and she forgives him and it's just beautiful it's a great song that's my other favorite song it's quiet uptown (laughs) forgiveness um, Can you imagine? I want to I want to pivot away from songs for a second. Yeah. So, I I really want to get your quick kind of thoughts on like the actual movie portion of it. Like, did you did you like what they did with the cameras? I I saw that some people complained that they cut away too quickly from certain things, or that they wish they would have gone wide more. I think my only problem with it is there were times where things are happening up on the top portion Mm -hmm. the wood thing there's things that happen there that you that you should notice and i know you could see it but they didn't focus on like the part where before alexander hamilton finds out that that eliza's pregnant you can see her finding out with angelica Mm -hmm. and like read writing a letter and like giving her a hug and you see that 
I don't think they did anything wrong. Like, I I love the ability to be able to see their facial expressions and I, see I really... this emotion. Like, the emotion in, in Aaron Burr's face when he is singing Wait For It was just mm-hmm. so beautiful. I was... I had the chills and like being able to see them like the way they were crying and like that kind of stuff I think was so impactful to be able to see. Although sometimes they are like, like moving well, their well, faces that's and the thing. such. They're, they're projecting so people who are up in the upper balcony can, can see, see them. Can see their, them, their mouth move and be like, they, yeah. they act so much in their face. Like it's like. Well, and it's, it's a thing that like, what what's weird is even though sometimes you notice it, mm-hmm. it's, it still works on camera. So it's not too no it, it's not too noticeable but you know i am very 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 curious to see if because they they have all this footage from when they made it yeah if there is a version where they just have that one lens that was like the audience view i'm sure i would i would bet i'd i'd bet money that that comes out one day that they that they have but that they have is, a fixed camera. No, if you want to see it like that, you go, go, go see, see it. the damn film, the damn musical. Well, so while I agree with that sentiment, I would bet that Disney, like if enough people asked for I it, they'd it. put it out. No, I doubt it. I mean, they have the rights to it; they can do whatever they want. I doubt that would happen, but that's just me. Here's another thing I want to talk about: duels are so dumb. Like the fact that that's how you settled I have, arguments. Back I have then, so many questions. One. You asked this question while we're watching the movie. If you kill someone in a duel, there's no le- there's no legal consequences. How the hell do you just like get? I mean, at the end, like Aaron and Burr, they're like, they're like, you. Sh- someone said I should go. I should hide or like go. So- like just get out. Did he work in politics after that, or did he didn't did well, Aaron Burr get shot too? No, after that, I don't know. I don't remember how he dies, but I know Aaron Burr. Like after that, that kind of killed his, his whole political career. Well, and you know, here's my here's my problem with this too. Not with Hamilton. It's my own problem. I'm not well versed in early American politics. I love early American politics. I don't know why. I just really I think do. the time period's fascinating. I just didn't retain a ton of this information. Yeah, because a lot of times it's that you know the founding fathers they signed the Declaration of Independence. They had the first. Um, Whatchamacallit, that meeting in Philadelphia at Independence Hall. So, okay, so this is what happened with Burr. He okay. shot Hamilton during his last full year as vice president. He was never tried, though the duel was illegal. All charges against him were dropped. Um, but that was the end of his political political career, obviously. And he is the he, he is the villain in our story. <laughs> um, but he left Washington, D.C. and... He was trying to find, like, opportunities, both economic and political. Um, But there was a lot of controversy. And eventually, his activities, he was arrested for treason. But he was acquitted. Um, And he left the United States for Europe. And then he eventually did return to New York to practice law in New York City. And he spent the rest of his life there in relative obscurity. Because no one likes him. He was actually... awful politician and and this is this is the other big thing i wanted to talk about with duels is beyond the fact that they're stupid and there's no legal repercussion is that granted the reason they had their duel is way more complex than just one issue but if you boil it down to its core it's that alexander hamilton didn't endorse him for president so he's like that's worth killing someone over i just think he was so mad because in his mind he hates thomas jefferson like yeah Hamilton and Jefferson always disagreed and but the thing is 
what I what I love this pointed remark that they he said like the whole thing like uh, Thomas Jefferson has ideas Burr has none. Well, and if if Aaron Burr stands for nothing, what will he fall for? Yeah, and so if he stands for if he really only cares about himself and it doesn't actually care for the greatness of our country and just wants to be in the room where it happens, it's mm-hmm. not gonna. It's not good for this country. And so I do like that whole commentary. You don't need to back someone in your own political party if they don't stand for really anything. Yeah. And as we saw with with Aaron Burr, political party affiliation for him is very arbitrary. Yeah, he was he ran independent. Yeah. And and two, I I just want to this is the last thing with Aaron Burr, really, for me. I do think that while his motivation is very shallow for like his political career, Mm-hmm. I do think that concept of being in the room is fascinating. Yes. Because I, I get why he wants to be in the room, but from, from the perspective of the world, if if no one else is in a room where, like, movers and shakers hash things out, the only way that stuff gets out is conjecture. And that's what they it's said te- about it's how, telephone how did game. it... Yeah, they just talked about, like, how... They don't know how... Like, how did you get them to agree with you and... Like, it's a game. And well, like, when you got skin in the game, you stay in the game. Yeah. I, I do think that's a great concept. Like, that's his where his motivations are. Like, that's what he wants. He wants to be in the room where it happens. Whereas, like, I do think Hamilton obviously wanted to progress politically, but that was more so he wanted to progress because he wanted this country. He wanted to build a foundation for this country, well, but also build something that was going to I also him. I also think that Hamilton was a very... It was a very selfish he and, was. and a very... He did have a lot of ego yes. behind this stuff yes. too, and it's not to say, it's not to come away from this and say like Alexander Hamilton is this virtuous. And no. I mean, he had bodies in the closet. He had his share of, you know, was he anti-slavery? Yes, they wrote out. He he spoke out against slavery and wrote about it with Lawrence. But like, he still conceded slavery as part of his uh, that that closed door meeting. Like he conceded slavery as a part of that so i mean yeah you know, I, I don't but here's the thing when people it's, are it's like also, talking about the back then it's hard for you to even like compare that because we don't even know like that time i mean i don't well, know Well, that's that's the thing it's very it's it's dangerous and i'm starting to go down the path it's dangerous of projecting modern thoughts with hindsight to decisions from that era i mean it's really easy for us to point and say that's wrong i wouldn't do that or i would do that we can't we we really can't and yeah it's a trap so i from watching this i don't think hamilton's a perfect person but i do but i think that's the whole thing the humanizing someone Mm -hmm. and like humanizing these people and showing them in their full what's good what's bad about them i think the same thing for aaron burr you know every time in history aaron burr's a villain aaron burr sucks no one likes aaron burr but I feel like this gives him a different light and just at least tries to give you like an insight of like maybe what his motivations yeah. were. Uh, while we're talking dueling, so there's three there's three duels in the movie. Yeah. All three of them are wildly stupid. But I and think someone dies. <laughs> and I think the dumbest one is the one where Alexander and I'm curious to know if this how much of this is true. Where, like, he's telling his son what to do in a duel, and he's, like, all for his son going for a duel. Yes, make me proud, son. Like, make me proud, son, and, like, oh, it's happening in New Jersey, like, everything's legal there, like, ha, 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 like, we're making jokes about this. Like, did he really tell his son, like, go in a duel, stick your gun up, surrender? But I think the thing is, he clearly, and if I know it happened really fast, and they did, that was another thing the scene cut very quickly, and that was a problem, is that he 
clearly had his yeah. in in the duel with Burr. He did this. And he d- yeah. went straight and then went up. No, Philip handed yeah. the air before he even turned around, and he turned around, and the guy still shot him. I also want to know, not Hamilton related, but when did dueling stop being a thing? <laughs> I hope right after this. <laughs> I hope that it was written about in a newspaper. It's like, yeah, uh, this was the 47th duel this week. <laughs> they made it seem like it's just this place in New no. Jersey where every, it's like just this landfill. They're like, all right, boys. Uh, Everything's legal. Yeah, uh, like, Tommy, Tommy's dead right over there. Yeah. Uh, that's from last week. They roll him across the Hudson. Oh, my God. Like, what a stupid concept. Yes. Also, this is another historical question I have mm-hmm. that I'm thinking about this because uh, – Alexander Hamilton comes to Burr to defend the Constitution at one point in in the show. Yeah. How stupid... Uh, you might disagree with me because you love the Constitution. Um, I don't love the Constitution. How stupid is it that, like... So we can make amendments to the Constitution, but that doesn't get rid of the original stuff. It's like... That's like you're turning in a paper for school, and it's like, yeah, I had a typo here, but I have to put in the footnotes. No, I mean... I, I do like it's weird. the it's way that weird... Hamilton, when he sings about it, he, you know, the two sides, like, it's a mess. You know, it's a mess. It's full of contradictions. And then he says, yes, it needs amendments, but so what if you're backing the wrong horse? But he's like, we, you know, we need to build this. We need to do something and we need to, I don't know, it's a historical document. And I know there's all these problems with it, but it's something that, like, well, that's what I'm we built e- this nation I'm, on. I'm, and not, let's, yeah. I'm not even, I'm not talking about the things i'm just saying it's wild to me it is that like like if something is in the constitution that's wrong and we make an amendment to overturn it yeah to delete it we don't we don't get rid of it like our constitution to my knowledge still has provisions for like who can vote and like it doesn't get taken out but i think that's what's good i mean in my opinion i don't think that we should ever try to rewrite history we should ever try to diminish history because we need to know our children you know people 200 years from now need to know that this was and you know there was no internet like so the thing is like back then it's like yes we're gonna make amendments because like you can't look up what it used to be like so i just think that they need to know this was what they wanted this what they believed and it may not be what it is now but it is something like this document is important and it's okay that it's contradictory, that all this stuff. And that's what I think Hamilton, like, is trying to say. It's like, it's okay. When it's no, a three-way. No, nothing's, nothing's perfect. That's the thing. Nothing's perfect. Let's just build something and yeah. just build upon it. Yes. Okay, but now I just kind of, we're kind of getting, I don't want to go too long on this. Yeah. I do want to talk about our top five and do questions, but I just want to talk about the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that, like, Philip, di- I mean, the whole thing, then, like, Philip dies, then... Then we have the election. Alexander Hamilton uh, backs Thomas Jefferson. And then we have the duel. And I just think the at the end when he is, like, he's having his spoken word part mm-hmm. is just some of the most impactful part of it. And it, it brings all of, I think it just brings every single theme that we see together. Mm-hmm. And it's just very, it's, pretty, it's great. That's a pretty uh, common Broadway trope. Yes, yes. Um, and then the last song, what brings it all together is they talk about all the, you know, it's what they talk about at the end is all about legacy, mm-hmm. you know, history, writing your story and what these people feel. And it ends with Eliza, which I just mm-hmm. think is so great because parts, they kind of downplay Eliza and what she, how important she was. And 
Well, and it's interesting because earlier she talks about after his affair that she writes herself out of, of that story. of that part of story. But then once he dies, like she is his legacy. Yeah. Because of all the work that she did. I just got the chills thinking about that. Yeah, like, like, that like she, she, is his... she is his legacy. I think it's a tremendous ending thematically. And I also like that even though Alexander Hamilton's the focus of this, is that that last song does talk about some of her accomplishments, Yeah, it too. brings it away. Also, I, I, I find it incredible, and I've only done, like, ten minutes of reading mm-hmm. on her, but, like, the influence she had in an age where, let's be frank, women didn't mm-hmm. have any influence, or... I mean, I've really enjoyed reading about her since we stopped and granted it like i said it's been 10 minutes yes so okay so now you can talk about the okay something ridiculous yes. so their son philip dies and this is a few months before alexander dies mm-hmm. eliza gets pregnant again yes has a kid who i think was born after alexander died yes she names the kid philip so she just he goes by little philip little, <laughs> little philip and i'm like i'm like that is so messed up. I mean, You're I just... think they're trying to honor him, but, like, it is a little, like, they replaced him. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, problematic. Problematic, but, okay. As the kids would say. As we, <laughs> as, I guess, that's how we're ending with little Philip. but I, that is Hamilton. Obviously, there's so much more. I mean, I was trying to say Anna, John... Anna could talk about this way longer I mean, we could have done a two-hour episode on this. Yeah, I think I, I tried to, like, reel it in, so I hope I did a good job. But it's just a fantastic... I think it was fantastic in the sense of, obviously, the story and the music is fantastic. But then I also think the the way that they presented it in this fashion was fantastic, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So I want to start, because this is a great time. I want to start... I have a big question for you. Yeah, I have questions, too. Okay. So you've you've seen it in person. Mm-hmm. How much of the Hamilton experience do you think this captures? Like, like 90% of it? I mean, it can't be 100 because you're not there. No, I mean, I would say, like, maybe 70 because, like, I kept saying, like, I was clapping and stuff. Yeah. And, like, there's part, like, when they when they say, immigrants, we get the job done, everyone just is clapping and screaming and, like, mm-hmm. woo! And then, I mean, it's the same thing that we talk about, like, seeing a movie in theater, but it's even... So, John, I have that difference. Like, I've always loved live theater. Like, I just think... I don't dislike live theater. I just don't go that often. No, no, I'm not saying that you don't like it. I just think it's more of something that I resonate with, I guess, more. Mm -hmm. And I feel drawn to, and I've always loved it so much because I just feel like the experience of seeing this in person, the rawness of it, Mm -hmm. and then also just being with people around you and just experiencing it all together is just such a beautiful thing. And so I don't think that that... It's the same thing as, like, seeing a picture of the Mona Lisa is not like seeing... Yeah. You need to see that in that fashion because it is such a different experience. But you you would say, like, 70%. Yeah, I I think it's something... Like, am I mad about this being... No, like, I'm going to watch this all the time. Is this, like... What you expected, better, worse. I think it's about what I expected. I didn't... Okay. Yeah. I, I don't think yeah. it surprised me. Nothing surprised me. I, my, my last question, okay. just on the actual experience, because okay. I have one more other question, but I'll let you ask one first. Um, do you think that seeing this in a movie theater would have enhanced it more than at home? Yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of like when they would do the concerts in 
yeah. you know, you go see like the One Direction concert. Yeah. So yeah, I feel that. I also wanted to ask a question about this is, do you feel like this can be considered a film? Like, what do you think? I, you know, I've been, I've been thinking that the entirety of the time from my, when I watched, I was like, is this a movie? Is this a, cause it's not, it's not just a musical. Mm-hmm. Like I would, I would, uh, this is going to sound weird. I would say this is, this is a movie in the same sense that like a documentary is a movie. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like where it's real and no one would say like a documentary you can't compare to like a drama. Yeah, I I I would say it's mo- it's more of a movie than like a live concert. Yeah, I mean I yeah, I just don't know if I consider it like a full film. Like I I feel like yeah. it's more that. But that was my question. And then I have another question that's just mm-hmm. more like about like the plot. Um who was your favorite character? I mean, I already said King George, but I also just more so like who do Involved you resonate? In the plot. Yeah, who do you resonate with the most? Connect with the most? Like in their? I, I mean, feel? I think I think the two that I was most interested in is mm-hmm. Aaron Burr. Yeah, I think that even though this this is called Hamilton and he's the main character, I think you can make a really good argument that this is about Aaron Burr. Yeah, I think it's about both. Um. The other one, and mainly because of the performer, but I would say Thomas Jefferson. Mm-hmm. I think that his kind of attitude about everything is something I was fascinated. I wouldn't say I connected with him, mm-hmm. but I was so interested anytime he was on stage because it's like, you know, he wasn't super involved in the revolution. He he kind of was, he pissed off to France. Like, yeah. he, he wasn't. He was a founding father, but he, like, was not involved. Yeah. And and granted, he was, but to the degree that these other people were, no. No, in a certain different way. Um, I think I, the people, my two favorite characters are Aaron Burr, which is so funny. Yeah, I, I think his character is so interesting. I don't know if that's also because of Leslie Odom Jr. and how I think great a lot, he does it. I, I think a lot is... But when him. I saw it, I still think I loved him when I saw it in person. And the other thing, I think it's interesting, when I first watched, listened to the soundtrack, I was always thinking, like, my favorite was Angelica. Like, that mm-hmm. was, like, who I thought. But as I've, as I've listened to more and as the time has gone by, I think Eliza is, like, my second favorite because it's, she's just so interesting and there's so much depth to her yeah and the things she says and yes i just really like her character yeah i i think i would say i'm interested in both of them an equal amount yeah i don't know if there's i don't know if in the events of the story itself i think eliza is like as interesting as post his death Mm -hmm. and that's not that's not a fault of the story it's just how history works yeah okay so do you want to do rating yeah, I don't know how I'm going to do one, but... Okay, so my rating is 98%. Okay. I think there's room for... But I don't really think... Is this is any... this your rating of the one we watched today, or is this Hamilton as a whole? Both. I think... I mean, I also have, like, the cinematography is in that, which I think they did a great yeah. job. So, 98%. Yeah. I've been sitting here, and I don't know really how to give it a score. I think I'm going to say a 95. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really enjoyed it. It's just... It's not... It's not a movie in the same sense as like a, 
you know, anything else yeah. that we've we've watched. And that's okay. It's I think it is very good. I wouldn't say it's my favorite musical of all time, but yeah. I've also never seen it in person. So Yes. Um, okay, so this week's top five, we are going to do top five musicals, whether that be a movie that is non Broadway or a Broadway musical that isn't hasn't been made into a movie. So we yeah. kinda left it open there's, to each other's there's a lot of room for interpretation. Yeah. And we're not gonna be the arbiters of it is a musical or it isn't because mm-hmm. it's kind of if we perceive it as one. So if you disagree with us, sorry, our criteria is our criteria because it's very open for interpretation. Yes. Um. Okay, so do you want me to start? Yeah, I don't have any honorable mentions. Uh, I have a lot of honorable mentions, but I'm not going to do that because I just think it's going to take too much time. Um. <laughs> But I've had really, I really struggled with my fifth one because my top three are very set in stone. But mm-hmm. the f- this fifth one was really hard for me. I had a lot of like ones that were going through my head, like Grease and Chicago and Fan of the Opera, The Wizard of Oz, like Fun Home is another one. Like I like and Singing in the Rain. But I think I'm gonna go with West Side Story. Mm-hmm. I just think the- that's that's my honorable mention. Yeah. Sorry, so, I, I love West Side Story. Yeah, I really do like it. It's funny because I've only seen the movie once or twice yeah. and I don't really like care like but I saw it not on Broadway I saw it as like a as a, when I was really little I saw it, my cousin was in it in mm-hmm. high school and so I watched that and I just was really struck by it and I just think it's a fun a fun musical but it's also very has great themes and so I really like that yeah and it uh I mean it's a modern day Romeo and Juliet yeah yeah so that that plays typically mm-hmm um, so my number, my number five is actually gonna be Hamilton, just cause I can't put it higher than that cause I've never had the, Exposure the, to the it. theater experience. I'm pretty new in okay. terms of that. So yeah, it's my five. My number four is The Sound of Music. I love that film. It's too long So though. much. I don't care. It's perfect. It's it, it's a beautiful story and about love, war, you know, all of that. It's really just a great musical. And Julia, Julie Andrews is That's on Disney Plus, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to watch that soon. My number four, complete tone shift, Mm. is Avenue Q. Which I've never seen, actually. So I saw it. um, my, My mom is really big into live shows, and we went last year. There's a like a local theater but they get like off broadway stuff it's in arlington heights mm-hmm. it's it's really good but we had um we went and saw it and it is so i mean it's if you don't know what it is it's sesame street for grown-ups and they deal with they deal with being gay yeah, they deal with, with drug and, use with mm-hmm. with poverty and it is very profane and it's very funny and what's cool is they update it for as pop culture changes yeah. so uh like gary well it's the original, but Gary Coleman, like the actual Gary Coleman, is a, a a real life character. Like he's the only non puppet that lives on this block. It's, I mean, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. They have recordings of the songs on, uh, like YouTube. You can find them. The best song I think in that is "Everyone's a Little Bit Racist," and it's, I mean, it's horrible, but it it's such a good show. Yeah. I, I was actually gonna ask. We'll put it in the list right now. Do you? Are there other musicals you want to see? Or if, if there's one on your list, like, say, like, oh, I want a movie of this. Because Avenue Q would be awesome as a movie because the puppetry is so cool, too. Yes. 
You mu- musicals I want to see as movies. Yes. yes. Um. Yes. There's one big. Actually, my number three is Wicked. This came out when I was a little girl, and that this soundtrack. My pa- my mom and my sister and I used to listen to the this soundtrack every day in the car, and I think every little girl that that you know when this came out. It was their favorite thing. and I'm pretty sure every little girl that lived in a city that had it saw it through the Girl Scouts. Through Girl Scouts. I saw it through Girl Scouts. I saw it with my mom, then I saw it at Girl Scouts. But, like, I just love that story. I've... It's beautiful. The this music in that is what sets it apart. And I do think it would be... They've talked about trying to make it a movie. Mm-hmm. And I do think this is... Like, I don't feel like Hamilton could be, like, a film film. But I do think that Wicked would make a visually would be a great yeah. great film and it's one that i i like i regret not ever getting to see it mm-hmm. it was supposed to come back before all this happened but yes. i'm sure it'll come back at some point uh my number my number three is the first movie so we said we can do movies and the uh i'd have mary poppins i think it's iconic um another julie andrews yeah I mean, she's fantastic in that. Dick Van Dyke is fantastic in that. It's the way that they blended animation in with real. At that time. That was so ahead of its time. Yes. I mean, that that movie's a classic. Yes. Absolutely classic. And the songs are, I mean. You'll never not know them. Yeah. Super califragilistic I mean, a spoonful of sugar. Just uh, a spoonful of sugar. What's the one? Uh, Chimchimmery. Like, there's just so much. Oh, there's yes. so much good stuff. Such good. So, my number two is Rent, which is not a surprise if you know me. Um, yeah. My parent, when this came out as a film, my parents bought the DVD and my sister and I would watch it almost weekly, if not daily. I also bought the entire soundtrack on iTunes and I would listen to it nonstop. That is another film. I know the words of every single song, mm-hmm. all the words. Um, that's the only other, like Wicked... I don't remember all the words to, mm-hmm. but Hamilton and Rent are those just two. And I saw, I eventually did get to see it on Broadway, which was great. And also they took out, there is a song that's not even in the film. So I guess I don't know all the words, but mm-hmm. like to that movie. Yeah. And I just love all the things it deals with. And it's funny because my mom was saying that my niece and nephew, like, they're not going to watch Hamilton, they're not going to understand what's going on. And I was like, well, I watched Rent when I was like eight and I didn't know yeah. what was going on. I mean, in Rent, like, they're talking about, you know, being gay, having AIDS, yeah. being trans, being poor, being, like, all of these things. And so it's, there's such beautiful mm-hmm. um, themes. And, like, my favorite theme is, like, forget, regret, or life is yours to miss. So I just really think it's a drug addiction. Like, it's just yeah. a great film. Yeah. It's... A great film and a great musical. Rent, Rent did not make my list. I've never seen it on stage, but I've seen the movie and it's... Yeah, the critics with the movie was that they were too old. Some of them were too old, but that yeah. was because most of them, you know, I think every single person but a few, like Rosie O'Dawson, like they are all from the original cast. Mm-hmm. And also, it includes Re- Wicked and Rent. Both include one of my favorite artists of all time, um, Idina Menzel. I'm obsessed with her. So, so my number two is Book of Mormon. I know that Anna and I disagree on this a lot. I don't dislike it. I just don't think it's that great. Like, it's okay. Like, I think it was funny, and I think there's some really good ideas in it, and we saw it with Ben Platt, and I love him, so I do like it, but I just don't think it's as great as you I, have in your mind. Well, so, 
my thing too is though that I love South Park. I love everything that yeah. Trey Stone and Matt Parker put out. Yeah. And I think that the way that they deal with like religious stereotypes and also some some fairly serious stuff. I mean, even though it is a comedy, like that stuff that they deal with in Africa, like that stuff happens. No. And you I mean, know, it's very big commentary on colonization. And oh, like, it's huge. And then. And also, like, re- like religion always thinking that they're going to save people. I mean, yeah. it's a really funny and, like, a very it's smart, good. funny it's, story. It's, it's very good. I don't even want to say satire. It, I mean, it is satire. But, like, when when I think of musicals, my my real judge is, do I want to see that again? And anytime someone talks about Book of Mormon, I'm like, I really, really like that. Yeah. I want to go see it again. Yeah, I don't think, I'm not saying it's bad. I don't think that. I just think in comparison to, uh, it's, it's, it's smart. We have different, different tastes. Yeah, it's smartly funny, and I just don't think, yeah, it's not as, I don't know, how I, I think how I perceive a good musical is different. Yeah. So, that's number two, right? Yes, that's my number All right, two. My number one should come at no surprise. It is Hamilton. I love this film for all the reasons, not film, I keep saying films, we talk about movies on yeah. this podcast. I love this musical and everything it does and everything it says and just, I just really do think it's great and I don't think it's, in my opinion, it's probably not the best musical of all time, that is true, but I do think of modern day mm-hmm. when a lot of musicals that are coming out are just adaptations of films which mm-hmm. annoyed the shit out of me, but I wish some of them are good, but some of them are shit. Cause I saw bring it on. The musical was awful. Yeah. You're telling but... me that the Shrek musical is not a modern <laughs> masterpiece, but I just feel that this is the best, um, musical in the mm-hmm. past, you know, modern, like what we're living through a musical that's going to be considered great mm-hmm. for a long time, like yeah. in, in history. I wonder, you know, I wonder what its ultimate lifespan is going to be on Broadway, because I know that it's still on Broadway, but, like, you know how The Lion King has been on Broadway on and off for yeah. years and years and years and years and Which, years? Which, that is a great, great musical. I, Change I, the game with set design. I wonder, like, is Hamilton going to have a run like that, or is it going to be more like Wicked, where it's on for a long time, but then, like, it just dies. Yeah. It just I, dies out. I think it'll be on a lot for, it's going to, it's in high demand. Yeah. Yep. Well, and I think we've seen that because, I mean, if you go on Twitter on today, that's pretty much all anyone's talking about. Yeah. There's nothing else to talk about. No. So that's part of it. But, um, so yeah, Hamilton's your number one. My number one is a movie, and it probably has the least music of any of either of our picks, and that is, gotta make sure I say the right one and not the wrong one, because the wrong one is bad. Uh, it's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. They have a lot of music in it. They do, but I mean, its biggest song is like "World." Come with yeah. me. What's that song called? World of Imagination. In a world, I don't know, but pure imagination. The problem is now that I hear it, I always expect there to be like a drop that comes in, and then it's dun 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 dun. Well, because John, I really love. Two friends and big booty mix and yeah they use that. I just every time I think about that song now I just think about and it goes into Africa. Um, but the reason it's my number one is because I think that I mean I've I don't know if I've said it on our podcast before but I'm pretty firm in the belief that the casting of Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka might be the best 
Hollywood casting ever. I think that, I think that that movie, it's messed up. Mm-hmm. But I think that that movie is near. Just how we talked about Back to the Future being nearly perfect. I think that that movie is nearly a perfect movie, and the musical performances are iconic. It is so ingrained in pop culture. Yes, it's in so much. I mean, like Thor Ragnarok, when he's like going to meet the collector, they're playing that song as he's going on that chair when yeah. he's like freaking out. Like, there's so much. Like Oompa Loompas, like we call people that are short. Like people, not everyone. I've. <laughs> yeah. I don't call people that are short Oompa Loompas. I know, but, but like. Like, there's all this random stuff. Yes. The, the Wonka brand is a damn subset of Nest. Yeah. Like, there's all this there's stuff. There's Godstoppers, like my favorite candy. Ah, uh, they're not that good. Okay, calm down. Nerds, Nerds Rope, uh, Wonka okay. Bars, kind of trash. All right, so but, wrap it up. Anyway, <laughs> it's my favorite music of all time. I can watch that movie. You can put it on at any point. Um, I wish they would have made the sequel, which is batshit crazy, when they take an elevator to space to colonize the moon on behalf of the Wonka Corporation. Make that movie, but not... With Johnny Depp. Not with Johnny Depp. Tim Burton, I hate that he made a quote-unquote more faithful adaptation of Roll Tim Burton, if you're listening to this, John wants to fight. Ugh, Tim Burton, good movie maker, makes bad movies, though. Dumbo, bad. Anyway... It's uh, Willy Wonka. It's my favorite musical of all time. Great. I don't want a stage play of it, though. It might exist. Don't want it. Okay. Weirdo. Oh, my God. Uh, I think that's it. Do you have anything else to add? Not about Willy Wonka. No. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. As uh, always. As always. Uh, hope you had a good 4th of July. Yes. Happy 4th of July. I mean, I know this is after 4th of July, but I hope you had a great weekend filled with fun and be, hopefully being able to see your family. Yeah. Socially distance. Yeah. And uh, thanks for supporting us through now 13 episodes. Yes. It just keeps going. We never stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Yep. We're going to do a real movie next week. Not a, <laughs> not a half movie. Not a half movie. All right, everyone. Goodbye. See ya. You'll be the one to when I am gone No, don't change the subject Cause you're my favorite subject My sweet, submissive subject My loyal, royal subject Forever